So last Sunday, all through the summer, we didn't teach series. We just had random messages as God began to speak to me about what to share throughout the summer. And and, um, we did a series back in the fall. And... uh, entitled Holy Spirit to Help. And everywhere that I have been, yesterday I was teaching at a men's gathering in San Antonio, and the Lord instructed me everywhere I go to teach that message. When I leave here to teach on the Holy Spirit. Well, last Sunday, I preached a piece of that, and today I'm going to preach the other piece of it. And very interesting how yesterday as I was ministering to these men, how uh, how this, and, and all of the men that I, that I ministered to yesterday, all of them were born again. There wasn't anybody in this meeting that was not born again. And they were mostly most of the men were mostly leaders, most of them, not all of them, but most of them were leaders of a couple of different churches. And, and so as I, as I ministered this truth, I, I, could see, I could see it hit the men the way that it's hit me. It's the reason that, I, that, that over about a 10 or 12 month period of time that God began to deal with me about about the awareness of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. We know the Holy Spirit is real. Most people that are sitting in here, and you know, most people that you ask whether they're born again or not, you know, they believe there's a God, and if you ask them about the Spirit of God, well, you know, I'm not sure about it, but I'm, you know, God, it's got to be real. If God's real, he's not in a physical body, so he's got to be a spirit being. So most people would tell you that there is a spirit. So it's not... It's not so much that we're, that it's, that it's all that important to talk about the authenticity of the Spirit of God, because I think most people believe that there is a Spirit, but the awareness of Him in our lives and Him being activated on a day-to-day basis, that we, every day be aware, do things to make ourselves when we wake up to think about Him first, not maybe a problem that comes to our head. And as I was ministering to these men, I could see it hit them. I could see it affect them. Because what happens is, in the busyness of life, we have a tendency to forget about God. In the busyness of life and dealing with issues on a day-to-day basis, we have this tendency to forget about them. You remember, as I taught this series, I had this chair sitting right here on the platform, and it was empty, and I was telling you about the story about the, the pastor in Seoul, Korea, that in his book, The Fourth Dimension, Pastor Cho talked about him doing that one time, and so I kept thinking about that, so when I taught that series, I just left that chair up there. And, and Dr. Cho said that he left the chair there, the empty chair there, to represent, you know, a place for the Holy Spirit. It's not that the Holy Spirit necessarily just sits in a chair. He's everywhere at all times. But it was more for us. 
And, and so if you, know, if you need to put you an empty chair right by the side of your bed when you wake up so you have to move it out of the way to remind you that the Holy Spirit is alive and well, do whatever you have to do to make yourself aware, okay? Well, awareness is good, but how do we activate him day to day? How do, how do we allow him to be a part of our life? Because, the, you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> Everybody here, sitting here, listening to me today, every single one of us need help. I don't care who you are. I don't care how sharp you think you are. I don't care how big and all this that you think you are and all that you've accomplished in life. I'm telling you, you were created to need help. You were created to need help. That's why why the Holy Spirit's name is the Helper right? He is the helper to help you, but you have to choose to allow him to help you day to day, because there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of reasons why we don't allow the Holy Spirit to help us. Number one, we're too smart. We don't need a helper, you know? A lot of people that don't believe in God think Christians are weak because they put their dependency on a God that they can't even see, and that seems weak. Well, I don't know, but it it's the way we, made, we were made. It can appear however, but if you let him, see, see what's no good is that we say we believe God, but we don't allow him to do the part he was created to do to help us to overcome. Now listen, the other part of it is people in the world, and I'm just talking about people that I've talked to and connected with, that they think, they think that we're weak because we expect God to do it all. And that's where so much of the church has been deceived. God is not the doer, he's the helper. See, because, because and I'm just laying this little foundation before I get into this two-hour message. Um, um, but here's the thing. You and I, according to uh, Romans 8 and 16, you and I are joint heirs, not with Jesus, we're joint heirs with the anointing. So there's my part, there's his part, Okay, he's already done his part. His part's already accomplished. So when I wait around for him to do something that he's already done, I'm waiting until hell freezes over. My part is to do what he instructs me to do. See? And he will help me know what my part is, and so when I do my part, then his part that's already been done begins to be activated into what I do. See, then he becomes the helper, not the enabler. I've used this example. If you've heard me teach this, you've heard me say this over and over again. Okay? But if you're in debt, you got in debt for a specific reason. So to go to God to just get you out of it, and then you get out of it and get back in it, now he becomes the enabler instead of the helper. See, but what he'll do is he'll help you see why you're where you're at. Then he'll tell you, I want you to take these steps. And as you begin to take these specific steps in the right direction, what happens is what he's done, which is the super, begins to come on what you're doing in the natural. And now all of a sudden, it becomes a supernatural experience where he can liberate things in your life because he's helping you, but he's helping you not doing it for you. He's not the doer, he's the helper. And so much of the church don't like to hear it. I've had people 
argue with me and yell at me and spit in my face and everything else, you know, not spitting on me, but just talking so hard and so in my face that spit just went everywhere, you know, trying to prove their point that that's not true. God is sovereign, and whatever God says is going to happen will happen, and so whatever happens in your life is the will of God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't have a lot of time, so that's why I have to say, oh, my gosh. God is sovereign to his word. See, and if God says that I'm a joint heir with his anointing, which is what was left to live inside of me and also be on me, okay, to do the part that he did, and he said the works that I did you'll do, and even greater works, because now I've gone to the Father and I'm representing you there, and if you'll do what I tell you to do, what I've already done will come on you and overtake you and cause what you do to be supernatural things. Got my point? Okay. What's his point? I'm just telling you. So, okay, just just follow with me here because I'm going to say a couple things. Every time I preach these messages, I don't preach it the same way. I'm going to say a couple things that I've actually not said before because God just keeps adding to it. But, um, The first thing that we have to remember, because what we're talking about today is activation. Everybody say activation. Activation. What's really important is that I and you become convinced that the Holy Spirit is really activated and and He really cares and He really knows you and He will really do what the Word says He'll do. Because if you don't believe that, you won't go after activating him in your life on a day-to-day basis. He won't just activate. See, he is, you know, but this is the position that I see the Holy Spirit in a lot of times in people's lives. Here I am sitting here. Am I alive? Am I activated? Yeah, from the sake of breathing, right? Right? Holy Spirit is, and He's alive. But the Holy Spirit will sit there if we do nothing. His mercy and His grace are new every morning. Thank God for His mercy and His grace. Man, there's times that things have happened in my life that never should have happened because of the mercy and grace of God. We can factor all that in. But the longer you walk with God, if you're waiting for the mercy and grace to kick in, because you don't want to do your part, you're going to be waiting more and more the longer it goes. So we don't want to be that way. I don't know about you, but I don't. Amen? I'm not. I'm not going to live like that. So, this, so the first thing that we have to see is, as we talked about last week, the first thing we have to see is what Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. You can't think about God from a natural perspective. Nicodemus was trying to understand what born again mean, meant. And so many people in the world think born again is just some cliched phrase and it's idiotic. Oh man, it's amazing. Because here's the thing. If I must be born again, there's a reason why I must be. It's not an option. If I want to tap the things of God, I must be born again. 
Okay? So there's the first birth, which my mother and father came together and they conceived me in her womb and she birthed me, okay, which Jesus was talking about in John 3 there, in the water of the womb, the wa- the, you, you, you must be born of the water and of the spirit, so the water of the womb, he was, you know, I, I was born and I, and I came alive and I was physically a physical being, I was born one time. Nicodemus says, now how do you go back in your mother's womb and be born a second time? Doesn't make sense. Jesus said, that that's born of water and of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. People say, people have all kinds of excuses in life of why they can't get over things. You know, I'm, I'm this way because my father was this way, or my grandfather, or whatever, or my mother, or my grandmother, or, you know, this thing is in our family for years and years, and that's the way I am. Okay? According to the first birth. Right? But I was born again. And if you've been born again, we've been born a second time. And now, everything that this word says is so belongs to me. See, so, so if, if, uh, if depression ran through my family according to the first birth, all the promises of God are yes and amen, and there's no depression in the promises of God. So see, now I've been born a second time, and in this second birth, I'm choosing to embrace everything that this says is mine, and now I choose to live here and not over there, but I have to do it day to day, and you can't do it without the activation of the Spirit of God helping you accomplish that every day. I'm not talking about every week. I'm not talking about every Sunday. I'm talking about every single day when your eyes open up, you better be thinking about the Holy Ghost. And I'm not saying that, you know, oh my gosh, I better, I better. What if I don't? No, I'm not saying that. No fear, you see. I'm saying you and I better learn how to do this because we, we, I've made many mistakes in my life. And every mistake I ever made in my life was because the Holy Spirit was not activated. Holy Spirit will not tell you to do something, and you do what the Holy Spirit says to do, and you fail. Eh. So if that's the case, and you failed, it must be somebody other than the Holy Spirit. Probably your neighbor, probably your parents, probably, you know. No, it was you. Nobody else you can blame. Nobody else, you know, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it won't be you and all the people you think that were the problem why you couldn't accomplish all the things that you didn't accomplish. It's just you and God, and he's going to ask you things about why you did what you did, right? And so today, we might as well be learning to do what he wants done and to do it right by allowing him to help us so we don't have to try to figure it out ourselves. You and I aren't smart enough to try to figure out spiritual things. In fact, it's impossible to do. So he's empowered us by the Holy Spirit to know what to do and then to be able to walk it out and be successful at everything that we do. 
You know how many scriptures that you read all the time and you see the absolutes in the scripture and you think, why is that not working for me? Why is something not happening for me? Well, could it be the lack of awareness of the Holy Spirit wanting to get things over to you on a day-to-day basis? So that's all this message is about. Everybody say, activation. So, John 14 and verse 1. John 14 and 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. There's a lot that could be preached in this passage that I'm fixing to read to you right now. But I'm going to tell you something that possibly you've never heard before. Okay, And you're going to have to go and pray about it and ask God for yourself. Maybe you have, but maybe you haven't. Because I've never heard, actually, I've never heard anybody else say what I'm fixing to say to you, but I really believe this. And, and, the, and the more I read it and I study it, the more I believe it. Okay? So, so here's Jesus on that side of the cross, before he went to the cross, on that side of the cross. He's telling them he's going to prepare a place for them so that where he is, that we can be. And it wasn't just his disciples, it's to everybody that believes. So he's going to prepare a place for us so that where he is, we can be. Okay? So he goes through here, and I'm not going to read all these verses. He goes through here, and he rebukes, rebukes him for not believing and said a couple things to him. And, and uh, in verse 11 he says, Verse 10, let's look at verse 10. He said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. What did he go to the Father to do? Prepare a place for you and me, right? Now, honestly, I'm not being critical when I say this of any teaching along this line. I'm just telling you something different that I see here, okay? A lot of times when this passage of Scripture is taught, it's taught from the perspective that we have leaving on our mind. He's going to prepare a place for mansions, you know, and all these kind of things. But as I study this out, the place that I see that he goes to prepare is the place for you and I to do what verse 12, 13, and 14 say. See, I feel like what he's saying here in this whole passage, I don't feel like he says one thing and then skips to something else. I feel like it's a whole, it's a whole connected package of what, what he's saying. 
And I believe what he's saying here is not you need to get leaving on your mind about the day you live in heaven, and everybody say heaven's a real place. It's a real place, and we thank God for it. But, but God wants you not to be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good, that all you're thinking about is leaving there. And I don't, think, I don't believe at all that he had leaving on his mind here for us. He had leaving on his mind for him. He was leaving to do what? To prepare a place for us, to see us established, so that whatever we ask in his name, he'll do it. Why? Because he's prepared that place. So it's not leaving on our minds, but it's how great He is and what the purpose and plan He's established for you and I in the earth. Amen? And then He goes on to say, whatever you ask, verse 13, in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments And I will pray the Father, and he will give you who? The helper. So that what? He may abide with you how often? Forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Notice he wasn't in them yet. Why? Because he hadn't gone to the cross. So he wasn't in them yet, but he was on them, and the spirit that was on them now is going to live inside of them, and now that helper who, if we allow him to help us, will reveal all things to us and give us all revelation, so then whatever we ask, we receive. Why? Because of the place he's prepared. See, the place he's already prepared is his part of this 50-50 connection that we have with him where the anointing is concerned. Not where the deity of God. There's no equality with the deity. He won't share that with anybody. The anointing, the the, the equality is with the anointing. And the anointing is his supernatural personality and empowerment that was left for mankind because his purpose of coming to the earth was to become the son of man, not to be anything else. He didn't come to the earth to become the son of God. He already was. So he came to the earth to become the son of man, to be empowered, to be able to leave that empowerment with you and I, and and the only way that that's going to work for you and I is if we live every day with activation awareness. Stick that back on me. Just clip it to my belt. Got it? Thank you. Activation awareness is the only way that this will come about. So, in the days ahead, as you go back to John 14 and you read this, begin to read it and study it for yourself about this place that God has prepared. And it's the place that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father where He represents mankind. And He has sat down and He said, this work is now finished. And now, now what Jesus did on the earth, now he wants what he did on the earth to happen through mankind, but it'll only happen through mankind if mankind is activating an awareness day to day of the Spirit of God that's in it. That's why we must be born again, and that's why we must activate that Spirit on the inside of us. Now, stay with me. 
So, when I'm aware of the voice of the Spirit, when, I, when I'm aware of Him speaking to me, you know that about probably 90 plus, maybe 95, maybe 98% of the time, when he's talking to me, you know what he's talking to me about? Not me. He's talking to me about other people. And he's not ever really talking to me about my protection or my security. Now, I remind him of that, like we did when we prayed for the kids for school. I reminded him of that for our children, okay? But when I remind him of that, he wants me to believe what I said. See, he doesn't want me walking around all the time thinking about my protection. Had a guy the other day talking to me about our government and the governments of the world and the takeover of the governments of the world. This guy came to me and said, you know, people in the United States are asleep. It's a sleeping giant and they're taking over, you know, the, the, this person, that person, everybody's taking over the world. And, you know, in a short period of time, there's going to be horrible things happen in the United States. This guy was just going on and on and on to me. And, and I'm not denying the fact that there's things out there. Why? Because there's evil men in the world. There's evil men and women in the world. In the world is much tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. See, the scripture that I read when I first started teaching this was the scripture out of Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Walk by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? I used to preach it from the perspective of the lust of the flesh. Okay, Dale, you got to quit doing that. And then you can walk in the Spirit. And I wasn't consciously teaching it that way, but that's the way it came off because when I went back and listened to my messages, the emphasis was on the lust of the flesh. But he said, if you will walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill these things. Hmm? In the world is much tribulation. Be depressed because I haven't overcome. So, if our focus is on the much tribulation and not developing this be of good cheer attitude because he's already overcome, okay, who's to say that whatever's set up for the destruction of the United States of America, if that's the truth, and I hear a lot of it from a lot of different people, who's to say that, okay, then I want to be part of the answer for the deliverance. Did you hear me? I'm not, I'm not saying that things aren't bad and there's not things out there and things potentially that, that can happen. But all through, all through history, all through history, what was always underestimated was the anointing. If there hadn't been an anointing, Hitler would have taken the world over. But there was an anointing. And you know who a lot of the anointing operated through? A kind of heavyset, drunk alcoholic from London, England. And you study Winston Churchill's life and his demeanor, 
I mean, he loved God with all of his heart. But he was a drunk. Well, God couldn't use a drunk. <laughs> God's used a lot of other asses through the years, you know. And he'll use another ass and a donkey and whatever he has to. He'll use rocks if he has to, if we won't do it. Everybody's always underestimated the anointing. And what I'm telling you today is that the anointing is not just something that is floating around. The anointing is in us and it's on us. But it'll just sit there if we're not activating the awareness of the Holy Spirit every morning. If we're not activating his, the awareness of the fact that He's here to help us, I don't have to do things in life on my own. Then I become part of the answer and not the problem. Through the years, I would have a bend and a tendency to give in to kind of negative things. I married the right woman because my wife helped me to, to deal with the bend towards the negative or towards how bad something could be. And I needed that. I'm telling you today, I don't care how bad, the Bible already assures us. Isaiah 61. Darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Everybody say Gross. Say it like you mean it. Gross. Gross darkness on the people. Anybody seen any gross darkness lately? I imagine. <laughs> but the light shall arise and shine on who? Huh. The light's not going to shine on the light. Right? The light already is shining. Jesus is the light. He's already, he already is the brightness. He, his face lights all of heaven. It's, the, it's bright. The light doesn't come on the light. The light's coming on those of us who have, have tended to give into darkness, and it's arising upon us. And what happens is that you and me and all of humanity that chooses to get in agreement with the anointing and do our part... That light that's already been established began to shine on us, and then we begin to do what we're already stepping out and doing because we're being led by Him. His super comes on what we're doing in the natural, and all of a sudden we begin to do the same supernatural kinds of things that Jesus did on the earth, and even greater works because He prepared that house, and He's in a place where everything that we do, He'll back it up. You and I have the power of attorney to use his name and he'll back it up. We can, if you will, write out a spiritual check. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You can write out a spiritual check and draw from those heavenly accounts and do what he tells you to do and he'll back it up every single time if you believe him. See, my part is I have to believe this is real. What I'm telling you today, you can choose to hear this word and walk out the door and do nothing with it, or you can choose to take some time in your life to read things like this and meditate and pray in the Spirit and ask God if what I'm telling you is true. I'm going to tell you again, you need help. You can't do it on your own. You weren't created to do anything on your own. You were created to have help. Amen? What time it is? 
No, wait, I got 15 till. <clears throat> Lee's clock's up five minutes because he knows me. Anyway. <clears throat> so, just write these three things down. What helps us, what helps us daily to activate him is being conscious of him. That he's with you and doing things that will allow, you know, putting an empty chair, whatever it would be. It doesn't have to be an empty chair, but whatever it is. Whatever will cause you to be conscious of him every day. That, that, that's just where it begins, okay? The second thing is that we learn to trust him. In other words, that he'll do what he says. So we've got to be conscious of him to be able to trust him. Because we put our faith out, and let's say you don't see something work the way it should, just stay with it. Just stay with it. You don't see the whole thing. You don't see everything that's involved. Just stay with it. Don't quit because you didn't see something happen when you thought it should happen. Just stay with it. And number three is that we pray in the Spirit. And, and, and I want to end this today with just a few verses of Scripture about praying in the Spirit. And we live in a world and in a church world <clears throat> where... I've kind of found where people are a little bit maybe nervous or scared or are or, or not sure about the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit operates. But actually, it's just real plain and simple. It's just really, really plain and simple. And the key to activation, to cause you to be conscious of Him, and, and, and cause you to be in a place where you can trust him is that you pray in the Spirit. Look at Jude 20. Third chapter of Jude, verse 20. Really, it's just only chapter of Jude. Man, I, I was trying to say something funny just to break it up a little bit. Maybe somebody will laugh or whatever, you know? <clears throat> But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. You build yourself up in trust and confidence in God. You build yourself up in conscious awareness by doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Ta-da! That's it. That's it. Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how you do it. And just... Just for free, look at verse 21. And he says, and, and look what happens when you pray in the Holy Ghost. You keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It, it enables you to keep yourself in the love of God. And you know what it does? Like I told you, most of the time when I'm praying in the Spirit, what God's speaking to me about is not me. It's about walking in love. It's about helping other people. So God empowers me to be there for others, and the same thing that he does for you. But we have to learn. It has to be developed. We have to get out of ourselves and over on to learning to be there for other people. So when I say that to you, every person in here has a different perception of what that means. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't have time to do that. I, I understand, totally. But talk to God. So, verse 20 of Jude says that this happens where you're built up and you trust God 
and you're aware of God by praying in the Holy Ghost, okay? 1 Corinthians 2 and 13 says this, just giving you things to think about. Because the Holy Spirit is not weird. He is not weird. He's a person. The Bible says he's a person. We've got to receive him as a person. But here, here's something for you to spend some time looking at and meditating on. Okay? Verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 2. Now we have received not the spirit of the world or the thinking of the world or the ways of the world. But what we've received is the spirit that is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You need, some, some of you need to plaster that in your mirror at home and remind yourself of that at least 100 times a day. Okay? If you've been given the spirit of God and you've received him, he was given to you so that you could know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Now watch verse 13 and 14, and I'm going to read these out of the Amplified. Verse 13 in the Amplified. And we are setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. What's that spiritual language? Praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues. Very simple and it's very to the point, but it's what activates the Holy Spirit in your life on a day-to-day basis, okay? And verse 14, and I'll go back to the New King James and read this. But the natural man, the natural non-spiritual thinking person who's not practiced these things, says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So, it, it, you know, if you, if you don't understand spiritual things and that your tendency is to be afraid of spiritual things or of the Spirit of God, that's just a natural response. It's not a bad response. You're not a bad person because you reject the Spirit of God. First time I ever heard anything about the Spirit of God, I was in a church and, you know, I, I, when I... When I when we came to the church, it was, in a, it was in an old movie theater. And so seats went down, down to the stage, and they preached, and they were teaching on the Holy Spirit. And, man, I wasn't sure about this Holy Spirit thing. So I made sure I sat in the last seat right by the door with my leg kicked out, kind of in a running position, you know, kind of making sure just in case somebody jumped on me or something, you know, that I was in position to get out of here, you know? I mean, because, why? I was thinking in the natural. Nobody had ever taught me. Nobody had ever taught me anything about spiritual things. Nobody had ever taught me anything about that there was a spirit. In the book of Acts, some of them had been born again, and then Paul asked him, Had you been, have, you, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit? And he said, well, we didn't know there was another spirit. We didn't know there was a spirit like what he was talking about. There's not another spirit, same Holy Ghost. But praying in the Holy Spirit 
As you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it activates the person of the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. And, and everything that I'm reading to you today is confirming that. See, I didn't give you my ideas. I, I, I didn't come up with the fact that when you're, when you're weak in faith and trusting God, that you pray in the Spirit. I didn't come up with that. The Scripture came up with that. And, and I'm just reading you one passage that says that. It says it over and over and over and over again. That's how you get built up by praying in the Spirit. Did you hear me? So, these spiritual truths will not come to you without the understanding of that spiritual language. They won't come to you the, at, the, at the height and the level you need them. So we need, as people of God, we need to know how to pray in the Spirit. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you kind of pray in the Spirit, God's telling you today, you've got to learn the importance of activating Him daily so that you're not on this planet trying to figure things out and work things out day to day on your own. Can you say amen? So I'm going to end with this verse in Romans. Oh, Romans. Romans 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also, what does it say? Huh? He didn't do it. He helps you. Right? He didn't do it. He helps you. Likewise, the Spirit also helps me in my weaknesses or my shortcomings or where I don't know how to do it because he goes on to say in the next part of the verse, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit does. And so, I could actually teach on this for another two hours without exaggeration and probably three without stopping. But I'm going to stop it here because I want you to understand this as I close this thing up. If you're born again, and Jesus said you must be born again to understand spiritual truths, the moment you got born again... Your spirit, your human spirit, and the Holy Spirit became one. Your human spirit and the Holy Spirit became one the moment you got born again. So what the Spirit does is He helps me spiritually with my spirit To understand things that my natural mind can't understand. So, my spirit and my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotions, okay, are actually in competition with one another. If you read all through 1 Corinthians and the book of Romans, you'll see it over and over and over again. My soul, my mind, will, and emotions, and my spirit man are in opposition. They're, they're warring, actually, against each other. And what they're after is dominance in my life. 
So my natural world perspective thinking up here wants to be in control so that what the Spirit of God is saying to my spirit man can't penetrate. Oh, well, God can do anything God wants to do. God set it up to where you and I have to renew our minds to be, not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? So that His will can be established in our lives. So, if this is my spirit and this is my soul, and my soul's got stuff that tells me something is not going to work, and the Holy Spirit connected with my spirit is trying to convey, you know, he's trying to convey things up here to try to convince me that that's not real, okay? So then I go to the Word and I see, wow, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Greater is he that's in me, in, in me, than the thinking that's in my soul of where I came from and all the people that told me and all the things that 